Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will discuss the question, Who does the Bible say God's people are? We will be studying what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in Milton Keynes, northwest of London. More about our guest after we have had some music. You can't. 
Who does the Bible say God's people are? We will discuss this subject tonight with Brother Don Ward. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Let's now call Brother Don and see if he is available. Hello. Hello, Brother John. Hello. Good evening, Brother Don. You are live on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening? You're keeping well? By God's grace, yes. Thank you very much for asking. That's good. Well, Brother Brother Don, excuse me, tonight we will be discussing these questions together. 
When does the Bible first mention the phrase God's people or my people? Does nationality determine if you belong to God's people? What does it mean to be the people of God? How can you belong to the people of God? And can we know who God's people are today? So, Brother Don, before we start the discussion tonight, shall we open with a word of prayer, please? We shall. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we gather before you this first day of the week in beautiful weather, and at this time it appears to be peaceful around us, and we ask for that you quieten our hearts when we hear the news and pray for those who are going through struggles with difficulties in other countries. We look at the issues around the world and we're asking Lord that you give us a surrendered heart so that you give us your Holy Spirit, not only just for the things that we are dealing with on the individual level, but at the collective level as those who are trying to follow the light of Christ and his word. So Father, we ask for cleansing from unrighteousness and healing from all of our iniquities. We're asking you, Lord, that you look past our weaknesses and reach out your hand evermore to us and pray and plead, Father, for those who are struggling with temptations and sins. And most of all, Father, as we are now about to enter your word, we are asking that you bind all the evils and spirits that are around us and that you will give us clear hearts and minds to receive your word and that you will alight my lips so that as I speak, the words that I speak will only come from you and your Holy Spirit will anoint us all as we Go through the study together, it's my plea. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brother Don, when does the Bible first mention the phrase, God's people or my people? Ah, when it first mentioned, it's a very interesting one. Um, I was going through this in my mind, and uh, right. I believe the first text, if you want to be looking at text in its, in its infancy, I'll turn there myself because I believe it's in Exodus chapter 3. Um, but I believe that's just looking at where it's written. So we're going to read that first and we look into the aspects of God's people and what constitutes God's people. So right. Exodus chapter 3, and it says something very interesting here. Verses 7 and, 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 and 10. But I read from verses 3 and it says, And Moses said... I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And uh, it goes to say, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, I'll read verse 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Now, this is the first text, I believe, with with the text or the phrase my people are mentioned. And I believe it was, uh, I was, I was going to go into the, the long explanation when Moses saw the burning bush and he turned aside to see it. And I believe this phrase was used looking back at the promises that was made to Abraham right. in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 to 10. Now, I'm not sure how long we've got. Is it possible to look at that text very, very briefly, perhaps? Yes. Okay, that's fine. So we're looking at my people. The first time it's mentioned is Exodus chapter three verse seven and then verse ten it talks about he will release his people from the affliction of the egyptians but the reasons why he's calling them his people is because he made a covenant with abraham and right. it's genesis chapter 18 um and he made a covenant which i think is a very interesting covenant actually um 
says, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, Genesis 18, verse 1 to 10, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts, after that ye have passed on, from therefore ye are come to your servant. And they said, So do, as thou hast said. Hello, youngster. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the, the, the hearth. And Abraham ran onto the herd and fetched a calf, a tender calf, sorry, and, and, and good, and gave it onto the young man and he hastened to dress it. Now, the reason I'm given this right. is that there was an issue with Abraham having a, a covenant of God. And he made a covenant of God and told him he was going to make his seed like the sand of the sky in, in, in Genesis 15. And he later went on to make this this, this promise. And I, and I think it's a beautiful um, um, verse. Uh, and I don't want to spend a lot of time, but I want to try and build, build a little picture. Uh, in this particular text, it says he was asking God, what was he going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah? And I think verse 10, uh, it goes to talk about Sarah hearing what was said, and, and she and she basically ran. And then, then he mentioned something, and I think it's very, very interesting. He said that he will, he will actually show this thing on to Abraham in verse 18. He says, Right. Let's you go look at verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? And I like what he says here, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And verse 19 is the crux of it. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So the reason I'm building this picture is that what does the Bible say about God's people? Abraham's uh, character in verses 18 and 19 is summarized in these words. For I know him that he shall command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. God's right. people are those who keep the way of the Lord. Right. Breaking it into, you know, I, 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 may, I may be going around in circles, but for me, I like to, to give some sort of background so we can just come to the crux. God's people are those who follow him without thinking of self. There's a text in Matthew 4, 4. It says, um, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Right. So, uh, and we can go on further to look at the aspects of what God requires of us. Okay, uh, right. Shall we just pause it there, please, Brother Don? Because yes. um, because we're first here establishing the fact 
when the Bible first mentioned the phrase God's people or my people, as we'll sure. be looking at the these aspects um further down. Um so listeners, it's in as Brother Don has shared that in Exodus chapter three, that's where we first see the phrase in the scripture made my people. And as Brother Don said, if you trace back, you'll see that God's people are traced from at that point they traced to Abraham being their father. You see. Now I'd just like to share another um verse which you had mentioned, Brother Don, bef- bef- before we move on. And um if if you can go to Exodus three verse ten, Brother John. I mean Don, yes, right. excuse me. Yes. Excuse me. Yeah, because, yes, because um it says now, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth notice my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. You see? So then it makes it clear who the Lord is talking about. You see? That's right. So um, I just wanted, so here we see the first time in the Bible that God uses the phrase my people with regards to naming who they are. And as you has shown us from the book of Genesis, that his, his people are the children of Israel who really are the children of Abraham. But anyway, um, so let's just, um, unless you've got anything else to say on that point, um, Brother Don. I I wanted to also mention briefly yes. the, the actual aspects of this question when it looks at Exodus chapter 6. Right. And it's very, very interesting. I mean, it, it continues along the same line. Exodus chapter 6, from verses 5, it says, And I have also heard the groanage of the children of Israel. Yes. The Egyptians have kept in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and yes. great judgment. I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Yes. And in verse eight, and I will bring you into the land concerning the which I, I will swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to you for an inheritance. I am the Lord. Right. So uh, there's much more. There's many more texts, but I'll, I'll leave it there. Okay, all right. So now that we've established when the Bible first mentions this phrase, now does nationality determine if you belong to God's people? Oh, it's an, a very interesting one. I'm going to try and keep it as as a uh, as a uh, biblical as possible. Um, the first time I made, I heard this text, I, I basically said, mm, "That's interesting," and I was reading through the scriptures many years ago, and I came to a text in Isaiah 55. Right. And, and, and it has a, a very interesting phrase. Uh, when I first read it, I was, I was really overjoyed. Uh, it was, it was yes. like a greeting in verses 1. And it says this, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which is which is, it satisfieth not? Hearken diligent unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delighteth itself in fatness. 
Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Now, what I got here, he was calling everyone to come. He wasn't specific about, it didn't have to be a color, a nation, a creed. He was calling everyone to come. And we're going to move on to the 56th chapter of Isaiah as well, which I thought was also very telling. Because it talks about from verses 1 to 7. It says, Thus the saith the Lord, keep ye judgment, Isaiah 56 verse 1, and do justice for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this and the son of man which layeth hold on it, and that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and that keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that have joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. Verse 4. I like like this section. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keepeth my Sabbath, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them I will give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than the sons and of daughters, I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Verse right. 6, also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord, to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants. Everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountains and make them joyful in mine house of prayer their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altars for mine house shall be called and house of prayer nice. and this is that's my brother for all people amen that's the first section right i've got a couple more texts which i hope will, 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 will make the, the, the situation very clear uh romans chapter 2 Verses 28 to 30, I believe. I will turn it very quickly. Romans chapter 2. Yes. 28 to 30. Now, when I first read this, I was smiling to myself. Because when I got baptized, I thought I would have to be circumcised to become a Christian. Because I was taking the Bible very literally at the time I first became a Christian. But yes. I read this chapter, it gave me some joy. It said here, verse 28. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is an outward in the flesh, but he is a yes. Jew which is one inwardly, and the circumcision that is of the heart in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So Paul was being very clear here. You didn't have yes. to be as long as you are circumcised in your heart and you accept God as your Lord and Master, you are his. You're part of his, his nation. Amen. We've got, got other examples. If you, if, you, if you don't want me to continue, you've got examples like in the, the book of Matthew, chapter 8, where okay, we see right. the situation of the centurion at Capernaum. Let me turn there very quickly. Yes, please do. And I believe it kind of clears up a lot of these uh, bigotry ideas that some of us have concerning the walk. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll drop right down to verses 5 and when Jesus had entered into Capernaum they came unto him a centurion beseeching him yes. and saying Lord 
My servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Yes. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Yes. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say unto this man, Go, and he goeth, and to, answer, to another, Come, and he cometh. Now I like what Jesus says unto him in verses 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that yes. follow, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Yes, right. We've got also in Acts chapter 10, there's the another centurion who meets with Peter. Uh, Cornelius, I believe his name is. And he is a man of God. He's, he's called a man of God. He's called the Itali a man of the Italian band. I want to quickly brush over there because I, 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 I want to make sure we solidify this point. It's okay, really right. Acts chapter 10. Very briefly, um, it talks about Cornelius. And I like how it describes him in the in the verse 1 and 2, actually, verse 1, 2, and 3. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. So we know for a fact that he isn't right. a, a Judean or an Israelite. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And verse 3 really sums it up for me. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. Ah, isn't that beautiful? We have a man right. who is not part of the Jewish nation, but the Lord is sending angels to visit his home and to speak with him directly. Yes. So, after the question, nationality does not determine right. if we belong to God's people. Right. And I'd like to share a couple of texts as well, please, Brother Don. Uh, thanks for that. Yes, again, which is just to add more scriptural evidence to um, what you shared with us. So Galatians chapter 3. That's, that's one of my get going And then yeah. verses um, 28 to 29. Yes. Yes, it says here, sorry, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, first of all, it says here, For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And so we see... Here, quite simply, the Bible, it lets us know what the qualification is. A person is not a child of God if they haven't got faith in Christ Jesus. You see? And, and the examples that you gave were of the centurion of Gentiles who accepted Christ. You see? Because, as we know, many of the Jews didn't accept him. That was why, and it seemed as if those who were outside of Israel had more faith in the Messiah than those within. That's and right. then again, um, verse 28 to 29, exactly, just to add emphasis again for our listeners to what Brother Don has shared, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Now, just, just, just one other point here as well, because um, this is a, such an important matter and um, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, because a lot of people don't understand what it means 
to be a child of Abraham. See, and, and, and the Bible explains what it is. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now here's a crux, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. You see? Amen. So the children of God are those who receive his Spirit. If you haven't got his Spirit, then you're not a child of God, and, and we can only receive the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ our Lord, you see? Yeah. And so, um, so, so listeners, as Brother Don has been sharing, you see, the Bible makes it plain that nationality does not determine whether you are a child of God. It's whether you receive his spirit through receiving the Messiah, Jesus Christ the Lord. And, and all the blessings and promises that God has made to his children, as Brother Don was sharing with us, you know, that even the sons of the stranger, God accepts anyone who's willing to accept the salvation that he offers through Jesus Christ. Amen. So, um, so Brother Don, um, moving well, on. Can now. I share one more text? Yes, of Just course. Please. Yes, of course. Please do. Time is um, moving on. But this, if you could there, squeeze one more in, that's fine. John 10. I mean, there, I mean like I said, I've got a few, but I, right. I thought I would. Yeah, sure. John 10, to me, uh, is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And John 10 has this yes. in verses 14 to 16, I believe. And it says this, um, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and I'm known of mine as the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And verse 16 is put yes. this way, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. And he was speaking about Israel. Oh, yes. Speaking about Judah. Yes. And this other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Amen. Yes, and I'm glad that you squeezed that in, Brother Don, because you see, you know that there are many bigots out there, and you know, who will either state that you've either got to be a black man to be of the people of God, or a white man, or you know, they the human beings seek to. Um, bring this matter down to nationality or culture, but the Bible says no such thing. It says no such thing, basically. So, um, so let us move on now. What does it mean to be the people of God? Oh, when you, when I first looked at this question, I I, I was um, I said I haven't got enough time just to answer this one. <laughs> yes, um, my brother, I can understand. Carry on, sir. What does it mean? Uh, when I started looking at the, the books, New Testament and Old Testament, I started with Hebrews 11. And I'd recommend anyone live, listening should look yes. at this particular text because it encapsulates all those people who we know are the children of God. Most of them have died. And if you look at the list, it gives yes. us a problem that they will be in heaven. So it's, it's very interesting. Yes. Also, I would love to use the, the, the text. What does it mean to be the people of God? There's a text in Psalms 32, verses 1 and 2, one of my favorite texts. Yes, right. And, and it says to me, uh, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to paraphrase it. I, I know I have this tendency of reading it off, but I, w I want to read it because I want to let the emphasis. Yes, that's the best thing to do for sure. And it says this, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man 
unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Very short passage. What yes. does it mean to be the people of God? It says the person who, because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when we've recognized our sin, we turn our backs to the sin, but we turn our face to the Savior. And he forgives us our sin, and he covers it until the blotting out time comes, which is in Acts 3, 19, the, refresher, the time of refreshing will come. Right. He blots it out so that we'll be sealed in his righteousness forever, unable to commit any sin any longer. That's the sealing period, which is a completely different topic. Then he says, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. In other words, we've come to the stage of our lives that we are following him so closely, we will no longer see excitement in sin. Sin becomes abhorrent to us. Yeah. We hate it with a poison, uh, with a passion. Like uh, Job, for instance, in Job chapter 1, verses 1, it says, uh, you know, when, 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 when the, the Lord came before uh, his assembly and, and, and Satan came with them, it was very clear in verses 1 of chapter 1 of, of Job, it says, there's a man of, in the land of us whose name was Job. The man was a perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. So the yes. fear of the Lord here is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy's understanding. He feared God, and, 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 and the text that actually defines that is found in Proverbs 16, 6. I mean, I, I love to have the Bible sort of interpret itself. So the fear of the Lord here isn't a, a, a cowering under a tree or under your bed. It's the fear of the Lord in this way. It's Proverbs 16, 6, it says this, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Right. So when he feared God, he was departed from evil. He wanted nothing to do with sin. Yes. So this feared God and eschewed evil. Eschewed also means shun, have, a, have an aversion to. So to become a person of God, we have to have the mind that, that finds sin repugnant. We find sin repulsive. And it will take time because we have been uh, sometimes, unfortunately, most of us, if we live in a sinful world and we are impermeated with sinful thoughts and sinful habits, but as we spend more time with God, the beauty of His holiness shows us more light and we cling to that light. And I'll go to the next text that shows us this. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, it, 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 it highlights what the people of God should be like when they're walking with Him. Right. I'll go there very quickly. Galatians chapter 5, I believe, and it, Again, Galatians is a book that I could spend a whole, a whole month in, but we haven't got a month. Uh, 22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, and we're talking about the people of God being filled with the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And verses 24 says, and they that are Christ have, what it says here, crucified the flesh, with the affections and lusts, yeah, and the works of the man. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit, and yes. that goes back to the other section in this particular text. Yes. Go back to verse 15. Okay. This I say, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Amen. Now, Brother Don, there's been quite a lot that's been compacted in there. I just would like to just uh, 
slow things down just a little bit and okay. um, just interject in here and you'll see where um, this will fit in. If you go to Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 23. Yes. Because remember, it's looking at what does it mean to be the people of God and Brother Don has explained the fruits and the characteristics that the Bible states um, that the people of God will have. Now here it states here, and this is putting an underscore under all that Brother Don has, has, has shared. It says here, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. See? So the Lord has stated that if his people, if we obey his voice, then we're his people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. So to be the people of God means to obey God's voice and to walk in the ways that he has commanded us. But as Brother Don has said that we cannot do that of ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to do so and for us to overcome our evil ways, you see. And so, um, you know, so Brother Don, we must move on. Okay. Yes, um, because it's all coming nicely together. Now, how can we belong to the people of God? Hey, we we have to go through this. There's, there's, there's two sections of scripture which I always find interesting. Matthew chapter 3, when John the Baptist is, is coming to the Jordan and there are yes. many people around him. And, and, he, and he says this very interesting uh, proclamation, which when you first read it, it sounds very harsh. Yes, right. uh, I, read it, I read it because... Uh, I find it's uh, interesting because it, he says this in verses, let me see, where do I start? Let's start off verse 7, Matthew 3. But yes. when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to come, to flee to the wrath to, to come, bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. Yes. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And what he's saying here, that they had to bring a heart full of repentance. And I believe that it's the same thing today. When the disciples started their ministry yes, right. on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. I'll turn there very quickly. Yes. The time is blind. Uh, it said this, and, I, and this is one of my favorite texts when I have questions. Yes, sure. Acts 2, 38 to 40. And my fingers are not moving as fast as I'd like them to. And it says this. Uh, let's go back to 37, because Peter was given a fantastic sermon. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, right. And it says, now when they heard this, Acts 2, 37, they were pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Yes. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right. Now, Brother Don, this is yes. so important. Let's pause here because, yeah. you see, praise the Lord you've brought this out. You see, listeners, this is how you belong to the people of God. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And notice, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
And so we see how the Holy Ghost is he his presence in the life of the believer is one that is has to take place in order for a person to be um in, yes and to be to to be born into the family of God you see so and, and so but as stated here that a person has to repent and to be baptized and brother don what does it mean to repent uh, yeah, just briefly, uh, yes. I, I know it's a loaded question, um, but I just no, want no, to, no. yes, because I, I'm I'm looking at. Um, I've got a few texts here. Yes. The repentance really is. If you go to Second Corinthians chapter seven. Yeah, sure. About, just, just turn there. Yes, it was not briefly. one of my texts. Yes, I'm sorry. You bring, the, you bring it up. Yes. Um, because you know, there's some of some of our listeners are just new to the faith. They may not have even opened up the Bible before, and we take these yeah. things for granted. With me, brother Don. Second Corinthians to seven, it says this: Having therefore these promises, daily beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord, yeah, of God. Now, if you go up yes. to Second Corinthians to six, it gives us the reasons why they, 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 they were individuals who were trying to blend Christ and Belial together. Yes. Um, and it says in verse fourteen of chapter Second Corinthians six. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, what communion have light with darkness, and what concord have Christ of Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And yes. what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God. And there shall be my people. Now let me let me package let me package this with the repentance. Let's say, for instance, um, repent and be baptized. I repent. It means turning away fully from my sins. Yes, Amen. Uh, in the second part of the reading in Second Corinthians seven, it tells us it's a repentance that need not to be repented of in verse nine. Yes, right. But it says, "For though I made you sorry," verse eight with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent, for I perceive that in the same epistle have made you sorry, though it were not were but for a season. In other words, he wrote a letter to them. Yes. They were sorry for the, the sin that they committed, and then the, in the end, it's like, it fills the way. But in verse 9, he says, for I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but you were, you sorried to repentance, for you were made sorry after a godly manner. Yes that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow, verses 10, the work of repentance to salvation, yes. not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world, work of death. In other words, godly sorrow means that you turn away after recognizing that sin. There's a pain in the heart at even thinking about committing that sin. You no longer want to be participating in that sin. You do a 180-degree turn away from the sin. You're walking in the opposite direction with the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Word to keep you from falling. Yes. Now, see, and this is, see, listeners, so now this has been brought forward because there may be many who are in religious movements who are just in the movement just to serve God but not realizing that there needs to be a change of heart to serve God. And it's not just about talking about God or about spiritual things. To truly serve God, one has to be in a mode of repentance, to be sorry for their past sins. And we've covered that in a previous show, what sin is, the transgression of God's law. 
and one has to allow God to work out his life and his purpose through you, his purpose of love. You know, as we've again covered in the previous show, which is to allow him to empower you to keep his Ten Commandments through the power of the Holy Spirit and to reflect his pure love. You see, so so this is what it is. As, as Brother Don has stated, there needs to be a work of repentance and one has to be baptized, not just not just outwardly, but with the Holy Spirit and, and empowered to keep the law of God. So yeah. now, Brother Don... Can I add one more text? Yes, just quickly, because time has gone on. Got to be brief, sir. <laughs> yeah, Got to be brief. Well, Romans chapter 6. Okay. It, it has this thing about the rebirth that I want us to really focus on. It says in verses 2 yes. and 3, or 1 and 2 and 3, What shall we say then? Romans 6, verse 1 and 2 and 3. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? For says, God forbid. How yes. shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? In other words, when we yes. come to the baptism section of our walk, we go down into the water, we are dying together with Christ. We resurrect with Christ. We're in a newness of life. Yes. Amen. In a newness of life. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, um, if any... Oh my God. Uh, let me turn this. I'm not going to do that. Let me, let me turn this. I want to read this. Let me turn this. 7 Corinthians 5. And I know I said I wasn't going to do that, but I have to read this one because it's really important. It says, uh, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. Okay, Baba Don. Right. Yeah, so it's it's plain and the scriptures are as simple as that. So now then, you know, um the work of repentance, the change of, of life, a change of walk, a change of mindset. And so now, can we know who God's people are today? So can we know who God's people are today? <laughs> and, ah, uh, yes. Keep it as brief as possible, please. <laughs> oh yeah, because of time. Um there is, uh, what can I say? There's a few examples in, the, in, in Scripture, which I, which I will give, and then I will elaborate on them. Um, Acts chapter 6 has a very interesting demonstration of how people knew who was walking with God and who didn't. Yes. Acts chapter 5 also has an illustration of that. It's rather negative. We know, uh, but I'll use Acts 6. To give us the the leading, uh, and we'll turn to verses. Uh, let me see, X six equal to verses three. Um, right. This three three to seven. Wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And verse. Uh, Forces, but we will give ourselves continually in prayer and to minister the word of minister of the word. And the, and the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, yes. Philip, Prochorus, and Mykino, and Timon, and these people were filled with the Holy Ghost. But how did they know to choose them? If you go back to Acts chapter 5, 
Yeah. People were filled with the Holy Ghost and could see through the deception of Ananias and Sapphira. To be filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, again, we, we, we're going back there because how can we know God's people today? They will be walking in the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit will be manifested in their lives. Um, there is this aspect of that I wanted to highlight. John 3 talks about you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. There is a birth that you see as the plant is planted in the ground and it brings forth fruit. We don't plant apples and get oranges. There is a manifestation of the spirit of the person in their day-to-day conduct, in the right. way that they live their life, in the way that we dress, in the way that we speak, in the, and even miracles will be, will, be, will be brought forth by them. Don't, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying in every case, um, John the Baptist did no miracles, but he was also filled with the spirit. So we have got to ask the Lord this. Uh, Revelation fourteen twelve, I believe, is what I'm going to go with. Yes, there this are, is yes, very important. There are quite a few. Quite a few. Um, I'm, I'm trying to see which ones I can choose because I know the time is wrong. I, I believe Revelation chapter fourteen verse twelve is a good text to read. Yeah. And um, it says, "Yes, this, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus." Now, this is almost like a combination of the other texts that went before it. And I'd like to read the first five as well, because it's really important. Because these people are being redeemed. They're standing on Mount Zion with Jesus. And it says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb, Jesus, stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as a voice of many waters and as a voice of thunder. And I heard the harp, the voice of harpers harping their harps. Now, verses five, one of uh, verses four and five says this: These are they which were not defiled with women, for they were virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. And verse five says this: And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Brethren, I'm linking this to Revelation fourteen five. We are to come to a place where our hearts are so purified from sin that nothing that, de- that is deceitful, that is lying, that is even minutely, acutely untrue will come out of our lips because it's no longer in our hearts and minds. We have been born again in the baptism of Jesus. We are walking with him. There is... Um, I'll give an example. I'm not. No, I can't do that example. It's, it's a person that we all know. But there are people that have met other people, and they look at them. Now, I'll give you this example. Actually, a friend of mine came to the hospital to see my brother, and uh, he was at the hospital. And my brother, who wasn't um, feeling very well, saw him. He didn't know who he was. I didn't see him at the time. And he says, "Bruv, I'm in the deep trouble. I'm not walking the right way, but I want to be." I want to have that purity. You know that purity, what I'm talking about. And he looked across the corridor and he saw a young brother from the church. And he pointed to him and he says, I want to be like him. And that shocked me because when I looked closely, I recognized the brother he was talking about. Right. And because my brother was not walking with the Lord, somehow his heart was yearning for purity and truth. And he looked at this brother and he could see 
purity and truth. In the same way Jesus was looked upon by Pilate, and he could say, I find no fault in him. There will come a time, brethren, when we work with the Lord so closely, people cannot find fault. They couldn't find fault with Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But they could find fault by finding something that, that goes against their God. That makes sense. Right. Um, okay. Maybe Brother, I've in there, but go on. Yes. Sorry, Brother Don, you must have a break here. Our time yes. is basically gone. And um, after the break, then we'll have some closing thoughts. Okay. Who does the Bible say God's people are? 
Brother Don, final Hi. thoughts for this evening, please. Who does, what does the Bible say because people are? Final thoughts. There are those who walk without guile. There are those who are born again. There are those who walk in the newness of life, not walking after the flesh, but after the spirit. Romans chapter 1, 8, verse 1 to 4. There are those who, I believe, have come to the place in, 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 in our lives where we recognize that we cannot survive here without the love and the spirit of Christ. We have to come to a place where we recognize and shun all that is evil. We have to fully rely on God. It's it's one of those things that it will, will be a struggle because we have sinful tendencies. We have carnal natures. And we have to ask God to give us the ability to overcome every step of the way. Um, what? Who does the Bible say God's people are? There are those who, in, in Psalm chapter 1, it sums it up, doesn't it? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scoffer, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. That's right. right. Well, Brother Don, shall we end with a closing prayer to end the discussion? This yes. Evening? Okay. Thank you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I wish there was more time to go through this topic in more detail and probably a bit slower because I know I get overexcited when I when I open your word. Father, help us as we study this day to focus on you, the Christ, the one who walked on this earth, the one who gave us an example we should follow his steps the one who went on calvary's cross and died for our sins the one who rose the third day the one who ascended into heaven 40 days later and said he is coming again because he has gone and prepared a place for us father we know that you have prepared a place for us in your house there are many mansions we do not know the wonders and the glories of this marvelous place but we know we will live and reign with you forever as long as we surrender ourselves to you and allow your word to be always in our hearts that we will not sin against thee. Father, I pray for all those who are listening. I pray for the presenter. I pray, I pray Lord, for all of our families and our friends. And I pray most of all, Father, that you can change us and prepare us for your coming. Help us to see each day as though we need to find souls to win for your kingdom. And that as we walk, Father, let us walk by faith. Please pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us to surrender ourselves to you and forgive each other and love one another, Lord, as you have loved us. Because this is greater man than this. Greater love than, greater love than no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. Father, and you also say this, Lord, if you love me, keep my commandments. Father, help us to love you, so we will keep your commandments. And demonstrate your love to the world is my plea. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brother Don, thank you for joining us this evening on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 07944 062786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address 
and we will send you a free tract called The Two Families. Those who are living outside the UK can request for an electronic version to be sent to them free. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section and find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapter 118, you will find the subject, The Two Families. This will give you more information about today's topic. On next week's show, we will continue to discuss the subject, Who Does the Bible Say God's People Are? Well, that's it for tonight's show. Until next week, good night and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.